Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo, and on this show, I speak with women and a few cool dudes. All of them artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And I'm really excited today to have as my guest an executive coach who specializes in energy, medicine, and psychology. Welcome, Rachel Rice. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So the first question that comes to me is, what is an executive coach? An executive coach is someone who works with people at the executive level to help them be at their best. Wow, so someone who is, um, owns a company, is CEO, management, I mean, what? Executive is typically someone at the CXO level, so a chief marketing officer, chief technology officer, but it can also include anyone at the vice president level. So it's really officers in an organization, people who are in a leadership position. And so the next question I have, because I'm just still working on your title here. So you say you specialize in energy medicine and energy psychology. That seems like a little bit non-mainstream for when I think of executives. Like how does that fit together and how does that work? So there are a lot of people who do coaching for executives and they bring a pretty big toolkit with them. Most of the tools that they bring are cognitive behavioral tools. Um, meaning what? Meaning things to help people change their behavior by thinking about it. They help them think about problems in a different way, help them structure how to think about problems, how to think about relationship, where they're headed in the organization. And the tools that I bring are more experiential. Uh, and less cognitive. You, you don't have to actively change your behavior. You need to do certain techniques, then through the process of doing techniques, you free up capacity and your energy to be more effective. So can you give some examples? Absolutely. So in working with the clients, what I've found is that they get stuck in different ways. They're either limited by their own beliefs about what they're capable of or what their teams are capable of. So beliefs might be getting in their way of really achieving even more than they already are. Or they're stressed and that stress translates into physiological symptoms or emotional symptoms or psychological symptoms that show up and are impeding their ability to be most effective. So, so what are some of the things that you might work with someone with, let's say, they're stressed? So if someone's stressed, what I want to understand is what's driving the stress. Is it just general anxiety? Is there a deadline? Is, is there a belief pattern that's in place? And once we identify what's underlying that stress, then I'll figure out with them using energy medicine and energy psychology tools, We'll figure out what is the quickest path to Rome. What's the, the quickest way that we can help unblock what's getting in their way? And so then I'll either teach them a technique or work with them by using a technique to help them clear whatever it is that's impeding their progress. Give us an example of a technique. Okay, so a technique. I actually brought one with me. Okay. Um, sometimes when people get up in front of a room full of people or even in front of a conference room of people or in a sales situation, they get nervous. And for some people, that translates into a symptom of feeling ungrounded. Um, you know when somebody's grounded, when they can project effectively, when you can hear what they're saying, when they're decisive, 
And you also know when somebody's ungrounded. They seem a little bit flaky. They can't really move forward with things. Almost all the executives I know are very effective, and some of them are also ungrounded at the same time. And this is a spoon <laughs> that has iron in it, stainless steel. So it's a spoon that attracts a magnet. And what I, I coach people on is to actually put the spoon on the bottom of their foot. And the reason why is because we have polarity in our body. Our bodies, every cell in the body has a north and a south pole. And so our bodies also have a north and a south. And it's attracted to the Earth's core, which is an iron core. And that attraction gives us the feeling of being grounded. And that feeling of groundedness allows our words to flow, our thoughts to move, and our bodies to move effectively. So just by placing a spoon on the bottom of the foot and moving it along the bottom of the foot, it actually realigns the polarity of the body and the body's ability to connect with the earth. It's one of the most important techniques to use before you're speaking in front of a group or, or with a, you know, even a small group of people. That's so interesting because, so I'm a presentation coach. And one of the things that people often say is, I feel like I'm leaving my body. And I say, well, bring your awareness into your feet and your legs and feel the surface of your feet yes. touching the ground. Yes. And some people can do that, and other people have trouble doing that. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's not enough to just think about it, mm -hmm. to meditate on it, to imagine themselves doing that. It's mm -hmm. just not enough. For some people, it requires a, a physical intervention. Right. In this case, the spoon is a physical intervention. That's beautiful. So how long do you have to rub a, uh, an iron yeah, stainless steel spoon. spoon on your foot for? Uh, really, it only takes 20 to 30 seconds uh -huh. to start to shift the energy. For somebody whose pattern has been in, in an ungrounded state for a long time, they might want to do that for about a minute. Mm -hmm. And how often do you, would you do that? It really depends on the individual. So mm -hmm. if somebody's been ungrounded for a very long time, then it might, they might need to do that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. They might need to do that every few hours in the beginning mm -hmm. to really get back into the feeling of being grounded. Yeah. And really what you're doing is repatterning your energy. Energy is a pattern, and you're rehabituating it. Wow, that, that's very cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So one last question. Sure. Do you have to be barefoot to do that? Does it need to be on the skin, or can it be through your, your sock? Or Yeah, great question. <laughs> it, it really could be through a sock. Uh -huh. um, energy moves through clothing, mm -hmm. and it's uh, actually a spoon slides more effectively over a sock than sometimes even mm -hmm. on a barefoot. Um, the key is that you don't, it's, it's not as effective through a rubber-soled shoe. Mm -hmm. Rubber's an insulator. Right. So we want to take the shoes off before we use the spoon. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Great. <laughs> <laughs> now I have another tool to help with my clients. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So when did, when did this kind of work enter into executive coaching? Is this kind of like relatively new? Has it been around for a while? I'd say this is very atypical in the executive coaching field. In fact, I think I'm on the forefront of okay. integrating energy management tools and energy psychology tools into executive coaching. Mm -hmm. um, energy medicine and energy psychology really have only been around for about 20 to 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it's just now being widely accepted into you know, the populace. And there's more and more research that's being done to validate. But most people will think it's a little bit different and a little bit out there. And most of my clients are folks who have tried a number of different techniques and have not found the kind of success they're looking for. And so that's why they seek me out. Wow. So how did you even, like, were you an executive coach already and then you began to bring these tools in? Or did you 
go in with these tools? So I was an executive. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent my life in corporate. I, the last 25 years, I've been in corporate America in different roles, um, mostly in leadership roles throughout my career. I'm progressing up the corporate ladder and most recently having a role as chief marketing officer for a pretty large organization. And in that, that, that role, I had responsibility for a good 10% of the organization and was frequently in front of clients and advisors and prospects talking about where we were headed. And I thought I was pretty effective for the most part. And periodically, I found myself either feeling anxious or wishing that I could just be more in my body or more um, present and more able to connect with people. And about 15 years ago, somebody gave me a book on energy medicine. And I, I frankly thought it was a little bit out there. It was, it was beyond my realm of understanding. I didn't really get the science behind it at the time. Um, but it was interesting. And periodically, I would open this book and try a technique. And amazingly, it worked. Just from reading it in a book? Just from reading in a book. I, I opened this book and there were these try this or try that and I would try them just out of curiosity and they would work and I would be surprised but they would work. And then I would try another one at another point in time a few months later and it would work. And so eventually I started doing more and more of these techniques and finding that they were effective. And Ultimately, I ended up doing a five-minute routine on a daily basis. The, the work is Donna Eden's energy medicine work, and I ended up doing her five-minute routine, and that five-minute routine was my back pocket toolkit for going into presentations and being my most effective self. And then I started teaching other people. So I would teach my coworkers, my colleagues, my team. I measured the efficacy of this toolkit over a 30-day period of time and saw a 20% lift in nine aspects of vitality. And I thought, okay, well, this is a directional indication that things are actually working for people. And then I started working with my colleagues at the executive level and saw some pretty dramatic transformation just by teaching them these skills. So it's amazing to me that these techniques work, and yet they do. And I've seen some very dramatic shifts in what people are able to do and can do once they implement both energy management, energy medicine, and energy psychology tools. So your first clients were your colleagues? Yes. Then, so I'm so curious, so what's the next part of the story? Did you leave corporate as a, an exec? I did, yeah. So I became certified in energy medicine tools. And so I have my certification, I'm a clinical practitioner. And I'm no longer in corporate, but now I'm serving the general population and teaching and sharing these tools. Mm -hmm. So how much, so you don't just work with executives, you have other people that you work with as well? I do, I work with executives and I also work with other people who have um, both body felt challenges as well as emotional challenges. Uh-huh, so, uh, so that they can be more effective in their life? Or like, what, what do people come to you if they're not like in a leadership role? I think I've got that picture now. Yeah, it's really all the same, frankly. What is getting in the way for many of the executives of being at their best is often anxiety and stress. And that anxiety and stress translates into physical, emotional distress in some way, shape, or form. And it's the same for other people. So many of my clients are executives or executives that have moved on to something else, or people in the general population who just aren't feeling great and don't know why. 
and traditional medicine is not able to, for whatever reason, identify what the issue is for them. And when we start to work with their energy, they start to feel better. So people come to me with a whole array of issues and concerns, from migraine headaches to chronic hives to um, irritable bowel syndrome. And many of those things are related to a stress and anxiety response. Mm. So whether I'm coaching or working with other individuals or teaching classes, the underlying aspect of what I'm working with is still the same. Wow. And people are getting results. Very good results. That must feel really good. It feels amazing. It's why I'm doing the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really worthwhile. And I think it has the ability to transform healthcare, frankly. It's empowering. When somebody comes to me, whether for a coaching session or for a wellness session, I teach them skills to repattern their own energy to keep the work going in between session. Mm -hmm. And that's empowering for somebody to be able to reduce their own headache, for somebody to be able to reduce their own anxiety before a presentation to be able to get themselves organized so that they can convey and communicate what they want to is very empowering without the use of medication in many instances. Mm -hmm. So it really helps to shift the game for people on a number of levels. That sounds great. Yeah. So when you took the plunge yeah. to leave your, your job and start your own business, was it all smooth sailing or did you feel like it took a while to get traction? Like, was there like a, like a drop off suddenly or what was yeah. that like for you? It was scary. It was really scary. And I wasn't sure whether or not I would be successful. I'd been successful my whole career in corporate. I'd gotten you know, promotions and grown year over year. And this was a whole new thing. I'd started a business before, but this was very different. This was something that people didn't understand or didn't know and aren't familiar with. So not only was I starting a business from scratch, I was also communicating, conveying a topic that is foreign to many people outside the realm of their understanding. And so I had some fear about it. And that fear in the beginning really did get in my way. I plunged forward on creating my content, my marketing strategy, my business strategy, creating my website, my materials, creating classes, reaching out. All of those things came very easily to me. That's just natural function. Um, but the part about just having faith and trust that when I did these things, there would be great results broader than what I'd already been seeing, that was a leap of faith. And it took time for me to overcome that. And I guess the good news is I use the skills that I use with others on myself That's and right. was able to, you know, to get over that hurdle. Um, but in the beginning, I, I straddled the fence a little bit on, well, should I go back into corporate or do something part-time in corporate or should I just you know, do part-time in this new business? And you know, would it come up in time for, for me to, to do and to live? And so there was, there was a balance there. And I quickly realized that the business needed all of my attention and energy and being split would not be effective. Mm. And I fully committed and pretty soon after that, I saw a pretty significant rise in business. So, wow. Yeah. Wow, so it was kind of like a change in mindset from yeah. doubt yes. to trust. To trust. It's trust and faith and belief that things will work and also doing the work at the same time. Mm -hmm. So both of those things at the same time shift your energy around something. Your mindset shifts your energy around mm -hmm. something and that shifts everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting because here you had all this, the tech skills, yeah. and you knew the marketing, you knew the, you had the business plan, I mean, all that stuff is, yes. you're fluent in. I am. And yet that wasn't enough 
no. to make the shift. It wasn't. No. That's fascinating. Yeah, I, I have an MBA in finance and marketing. I have 25 years in business. I've started business before, and yet it wasn't enough. Yeah. So what would your advice be for someone who is, let's say, leaving corporate and thinking of going into something completely different? That getting into the right mindset is one of the most important things that you can do. And if there are things that are getting in your way, beliefs that are getting in your way, trust issues, faith issues, belief in yourself, those are of the most important to clear. Mm -hmm. But you still need some of the other elements, don't you? Do you need the business plan? Do you need the marketing? Absolutely. I mean Yes. So with just trust and faith, we, we don't have enough to go on. Mm -hmm. um, the, those hard skills, either doing it yourself, learning it yourself, or bringing on somebody who knows how to do those things is of utmost importance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite thing in your work? Oh, my favorite thing is seeing the results. Yeah. Working with people who are doubtful or who don't really I don't really believe, so to speak, in what we're doing, mm -hmm. and but really are in pain in one respect or another, are, are struggling. With so it's like the last straw. It is. And I'm coming to you. I don't believe it, but yes, I've tried everything else. Yes, and then they come and we do some work and they feel things shift and they're surprised by it and astonished, wondering how long it's going to last. And then I hear from them later, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe. Mm. You know, those, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe. Oh my gosh. I had this client show up at my door. Oh my gosh, I just got a new order for this. Oh my gosh, this just shifted. I did a great job on that presentation. I'm now hiring people. I was scared to build a team. I'm, you know, all of these things that people are able to do once they clear the unproductive junk out of the way is just fabulous. I love it. That's, that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the hardest part of running your business? The hardest part. <laughs> or the part that you just rather not do? There, I, there isn't. I love running my business. I am so happy doing this work that there, there really isn't a part of it that I don't enjoy. Is that a surprise? Um, I guess it is. I, I was always happy doing the work that I was doing in corporate. I really felt like I was doing meaningful work, even in a corporate environment. And I knew that I liked doing this work, but I didn't know how much I would enjoy all the different aspects. The marketing, the networking, the building up, the accounting, the finance, the, you know, all the presenting, the connecting. Um, I think the thing that's probably most frustrating for me right now is that I want this to reach more people. I think many people can benefit from this work. And I think probably the most frustrating thing is uh, the current belief systems that we have sometimes will impede people accessing the work. Mm -hmm. But I, I really love what I'm doing. Yeah, but you know, in my mind, I'm thinking if you're working with executives, that shows a huge paradigm shift in the culture. It does. And that gives me hope for people to, you know, in the mainstream, be more open to alternative ways of looking at what gives them support in their lives so that they can live up to their potential. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people are looking for an edge. Mm -hmm. And people who are on the forefront of discovery, many leaders are visionaries, some are not. Um, but people who are really willing and open to try new things are going to look in and see, oh, what's happening and what's going to give me that edge. It's mm. a really interesting way of putting it. Yeah. So when you opened this book on energy, 
you know, medicine. Yeah. Did it, did it resonate in something that you had learned about earlier on in your life or was it complete, was it a complete paradigm shift for you too? Or like what were, what were some of the things? So there are some concepts in this book that were somewhat familiar to me at the time. You know, one of the energy systems is the meridian system in the body. The meridian system in the body has been around for thousands of years. Acupuncture has been around for thousands of years. So I understood that and I, I, I got that. That I could work with those meridians myself was a totally new concept. Just by placing my own hands on my body could move my energy and get rid of my own headache or help me feel calm was a completely new idea. It was so empowering that I didn't need to go to somebody else to do that for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about is that just by moving my hands a foot from my body, I can feel that inside of my body and that there's a connection. That just by sitting here, my energy is impacting you and yours is impacting me. When I walk into a room full of people, I have the ability to either raise their mood or shift their mood in a different way. And that's really a powerful concept. Some people do it without thinking about it. And for others, it's a relatively new idea. Yes, and it also, what's exciting to me is how it's, it's as if we're in our human bodies with our faculties of our mind and our abilities to sense and imagine. Yeah. And we probably only use a small fraction of what we're capable of. I believe that. So it makes me wonder where are we going with that all and what will it be like when we have access to more of those parts of ourselves? It will be amazing. And when I encounter somebody who really understands and can get that idea that there is this other aspect of our being, of our knowledge, of our wisdom that we haven't fully tapped into, we can take that conversation to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. We can take our consciousness to a whole nother level mm -hmm. and really impact the world around us in a much more powerful way. Mm -hmm. And how open, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned medicine. How open do you think medicine is? My experience is that there are many traditional um, Western practitioners who are not open to the kind of work that I do, and yet there's also a group of practitioners who are. Mm -hmm. And I think acupuncture led the way. Uh. So, so to the extent that people are familiar with acupuncture and the impact that acupuncture can have on pain reduction and on fertility and on so many other issues that we suffer with, mm -hmm. um, then they're more open-minded to the kind of work that I do. Mm -hmm. And I have great relationships with a number of practitioners in Western medicine who get what I do and really appreciate the work that I'm doing. That's wonderful. I was actually just online last night Googling about um, cancer, actually. And I noticed that on a pretty mainstream site, it, it talked about all the conventional mainstream ways that they would deal with a certain issue. And then at the bottom, it said that patients often find great support in using any number of these other modalities, diet and nutrition and meditation and acupuncture. And it had a whole list. And I yeah. thought, I like that. I liked seeing that because for so many years there was this very strict divide and now it seems like there is some interweaving of minds. There's more and more. 
Mm -hmm. I think more and more medical practitioners are integrating mind-body awareness, consciousness practices. Mm -hmm. It's really exciting. It is. Well, this is the time that I like to pull out my little magic box okay. to have you pick a wild card okay. of some um, attribute or essential uh, strength okay. to, and just riff on it in terms of okay. your life or your business, however okay. you it moves you. Vision. Vision. <laughs> okay. So... I think in order to do anything or accomplish anything or build something, we need to have vision first. And it's the vision that leads us to that. Um, for most of my career, I specialized in creating things from nothing, of building, I, uh, building organizations or building websites from idea all the way through fruition. And, um, you need to start with an idea first. What are you trying to accomplish? What does it look like? And from that, what does it look like? Then, then you can find the words to talk about it. And from those words, then other people get it. And then they can start to connect with it. And then they can start to believe in it. And then they can start to do that with you. So pretty much everything starts with, where are we headed? What does that look like? What do we want to accomplish? Can we do that together? And so vision is one of the most important things, I think, for me in and living a well-lived life. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful. And sometimes I, I just realized recently that we humans are always doing this. We're always, I mean, even what do we want for lunch? You know, it starts with an idea, right? It does. And yeah. then you go out and you make it and you that's eat it. That's a vision. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do I want to wear today? Exactly. Yeah, who do I want to meet today? <laughs> yeah, so it's, it happens in small ways and in very big ways, too. It does. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people get in touch with you and find out more about you? Okay, so I would invite people to check out my website. Mm -hmm. It's www.consultf, like Frank, r, like Rachel.com. Consultfr.com. And what is FR? Oh, five rhythms. Oh, five rhythms. Yep. We didn't even speak about five rhythms. Can you just quickly say what that is? Yeah, our rhythm is the way that we walk through the world. It's our rhythm, it's our beat, it's our essence. And when it gets off track, we don't feel quite right. And the work that I do helps you come back to your center, to your rhythm. Five rhythms. Okay, so consult fr.com. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. We'll put that in the show notes. Great, thank you. Looking forward to seeing how your vision unfolds. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for having me. Oh, pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Be sure to turn, tune in to the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.